We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We've mentioned before that we do this from Park City. The whole show is based in Park City. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fantastic because it's close to Salt Lake, which is a, a full-size, big metropolitan area. Yeah, the airport's but, great. It's 30 minutes. Yeah, but Park City yeah. is your typical mountain town in that, you know, the population's around 10,000 people, okay? But it's 15, 20 minutes from a big city. So it's this yep. weird mix of both of those. Yep. We've also mentioned before that this can sometimes be a surprisingly small town. We had a <laughs> I know where you're going fantastic moment of that today. Yeah, pretty cool. I was, I was driving my Lotus to actually take it to get to get the brakes done uh, because I can't get the rotors off, apparently. That, that, that It's been so long since well, the rotors were taken off that the set screw is rusted to the point I was where I was say, like, I can't do that. Yeah, it's so kind anyway, of a bummer. It was Sorry a bummer, But anyway, it's all right. So I was driving the Lotus, and I was following a wrapped uh, Focus RS that was headed, I was pretty sure, to Ken Block's shop. Yeah, right, right. Fast forward through a lot of things I won't bore you with, but ultimately the people that are working on the Lotus and have also done stuff for your expedition, yeah, uh, yeah. they do all the work, tires and stuff for Ken Block's guys. Maybe, theoretically. And they finally connected the dots <laughs> of us and them. We've been yeah. hoping for this forever. Yeah. So we got to do this total behind-the-scenes uh, tour of the Hoonicorn and the whole Hoon Shop and everything here that's in Park City, you would never know where it is. You this would drive by cool. it a million times. Yeah. And it was just cool to just hang out there. And it was it was also cool. It was very unofficial. It was just like, come in, hang out. It was fun. It actually just kind of got thrown together last minute. And Absolutely. we were both yeah, yeah. at the shop over here. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was looking for tires and getting tires. Tires need to happen for the Cayman. And, and they're not cheap because of oh the reality gosh. of your the size yeah. of your wheels and the PS4s themselves. Did you buy the by normal the way, PS4s? By the way, I did buy the N0 designation because they're only $10 oh. more. And we got to talking. Porsche does not disclose what is different about the N0 designation. It uh-huh. could be in name only. It could be a different weave in the tire construction. It could uh-huh. be, we don't know. There were 10 bucks more per tire. And I thought, plus Michelin's got a rebate going on. They said, you know, you can save 70 bucks. Uh-huh. So I was like, Done. Fine. Anyway. It's it's classic Porsche. Pay more, yes. and they've already been shaved down, so your tire will last well, less time. Well, they said they claim the same tread depth, and so uh-huh. I thought, all right, I went for it. Anyway, that all aside, but we went to Ken's shop, and it was, it was nice. Very cool. Thanks yeah. to Forrest and the guys that were, were yeah. there, the crew. It was pretty cool. We saw the Hoonicorn and hung out, saw some other crazy things. We but, saw uh, the uh, burned-out shell that used to be a Cosworth. Well, yes, we did see that, and yes. that was tragic, but interesting to see. The turbo was melted. I've yep. never seen a melted turbo, Agreed. actually. It was a completely like puddle of turbo. It was, <laughs> it was said, kind of insane. Don't touch. It's toxic. It's, yeah, they were like, please don't get too close. It probably causes cancer. Yeah, they, they, yeah they were all kind of burned out a husk birth. of a car yeah. that they still don't know what they're going to do with, but at least it's sitting back <laughs> but there. Yay, we have it now. Anyway, it was, yeah, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Very cool. To those guys for, for welcoming us. And, and it was one of those things. Honestly, it was one of those things totally that came out of, this is a small town. We're here. You're here. And we've been talking about that forever, joking about it. So it was mm-hmm. cool to finally go by. We did not get to meet Ken, but we met everybody else that's there, which is <laughs> really funny. cool. So it was very fun. Been to the office. Well, guys, we've got a great debate for you. We've got Sid, who is out in the Washington, D.C. area. He's got a crystal ball question, I would say. And he's written to <laughs> us saying, you know, what should I do for the rest of 2018 or the beginning of 2019? And it has to do with the Focus RS. You mentioned that yeah. because it's going out of production, which Ford has told us ahead of time. Yeah. They've made it known, but suddenly there's news articles. The RS is going out of production. I, 
thinking, yeah. well, Ford warned us. You, you know this. We, well, we knew this going in. Once they decided to no longer make cars, it's pretty clear what that means. I mean, well, at least not sell cars here. I guess they are making them elsewhere. But yeah. So it has to do with anymore. that and yeah. sort of, you know, what should I buy next? Mm-hmm. He's looking ahead, looking into the crystal wall, asking us what should he buy. And then we've got Ben G in Richmond, Virginia. He is 32. He's got a commute, but he's into the something comfortable for long distance cruising playful natural steering feel mm-hmm. something larger is kind of what i get for yeah, ben not get something really small and he's crossed off hot hatches off the list yeah those are out yeah, yeah. those are right out <laughs> they're right out yes <laughs> but we do have some show business to discuss before we get to it and i think you had a rant i feel a rant coming on somewhere in here it was my rant about tonight. It was uh, F-150s and, and... Oh, yes, um, that piece of news. A little ranty... Well, there, there, was a, there was a thing I, I actually clicked on today that I read because, <laughs> as we all know, the Ford F-150 is the best-selling thing everywhere. I, and, and what's insane about that is they're only sold in North America, and yet it's the world's, still the world's best-selling car. I find that unbelievable that that's, that's We consume a lot of F-150s, apparently? Uh, apparently. We just... F, they're, they're practically North Americans? They're pa- practically passed out somewhere. There's a dispenser that you and I have just never bumped into, and I'm okay with that, Isn't actually. Out in the wilds of Texas somewhere? Probably. But, but Hit the button. You get an F-150. They're recalling almost 2 million Ford F-150s, yeah. which, yeah. granted, there's a lot of them out there, but recall 2 million of anything. That's a ton. But what really caught my eye was the sentence for why they're being recalled. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? I did. I read the article. And Seat I... belt <laughs> fires. Now, my question, my rant was, has anyone ever put together the sentence that ends with the words next to each other, seat belt, and fires? Engine fire? Sure. Exhaust fire? Sure. I've had a fire related to electrical uh, system. I get it. Lucas Electrics. Oh, look, I had an electrical fire. Seat belt fires, ladies and gentlemen. This uh-huh. is why we were calling your F-150. The thing that is holding you safe in the car might cause a fire. <laughs> Okay, here's let me break it down for you. Here's the real story, and that is the pretensioners in the seatbelt might generate sparks. Yes, when you're when they're whizzing off of the roll in an accident, they're yes. they're flying off the tightly coiled roll so quickly yeah. that they will create excessive sparks, and the gases that are trapped in the B pillar might cause yeah. The carpets to burn. And, and, and please understand. As I, you're having the accident. Go, go, to, go to the movie Fight Club, where they do a fantastic job of explaining why a company does a recall. It's kind of chilling, but they do a good job of well, describing yes. why a recall happens. You don't recall unless, A, this has really happened, and, B, it's happened enough that you go, financially, it makes more sense for us to recall. So uh, th- this isn't somebody that sat in a cubicle and went, could there be a seatbelt fire? No, they've had seatbelt-related fires, they've had the and reports, therefore they're going to do this. But out of this many trucks, that's I, if it's a problem, good on them for doing this recall. Yes. Get your car. If you have a Ford yes. F-150 and it falls into this model year, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. I just, I actually think that's a better band name than Recall. Seatbelt Fires. It's just, you know, I don't know what they play. I haven't figured it out yet. It's probably like Ska. Seatbelt Fires. Let's you bring know? Ska back. Exactly. Please, no. But, but, but seriously, Please, I, I no. cannot believe those words are together in a sentence. If your car was built between March 12, 2014 and August 23, 2018, your seatbelts might catch fire and cause excessive <laughs> sparking. 
What? You have an F-150. <laughs> Look out for seatbelt fires. Oh, no, it's the Wrangler yeah. voice. Anyway, it's all bad. So, yeah, so that's that's been happening in uh, the larger world. Uh, the stuff that's happening for us, let's see. Season 3 is still playing on Velocity this, this uh, week. Actually, happy Friday, because tomorrow is the rerun of Episode 3, which is the Civic Type yeah. R and the Focus RS and a burned-out landscape. Speaking of fires. <laughs> so that was not intentional. Not caused by seatbelts, though. Not, but caused, caused by, by different reasons. Or those cars, yeah, actually. Seatbelts so. did not fall out of the car and no. cause a wildfire in the forest. That's what I want to hear about <laughs> next summer during fire season, which now, has been terrible. Enough. There's a piece of news. Yes, yes. This, this forest fire, burned to the ground. This fire was started by a Ford F one fifty seatbelt. Seatbelt. Yeah, and terrible. no, they people weren't burning their seatbelts to keep warm. Thank you to the firefighters that have been having that horrible experience yeah, no all this season. But hopefully, none of them were started by an F one fifty seatbelt fire. No uh, so yeah, so season three is there. Season three is now out entirely on Vimeo, and in the next week or so, we are not entirely in charge of how fast Amazon posts them. Uh, the entire season yes, will be available yes. on Amazon, which means you can do the buy season option on Amazon and watch them all there. I'm very excited about having that out while you and I go off to shoot season four. Yeah, no kidding. And thanks to our sponsors for season three, Covercraft, Griot's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. You mentioned Brush Hero is uh, the brush with a cape. Yes. Last time I had a good just laugh over that. Just trying to clarify that it is the word the brush followed by the word hero because I just kind of... <laughs> just kind of speak a little fast sometimes and you hear other things i thought that was kind of funny yeah. all right so thanks to those guys and yes we're shooting for season four we have a film upon us that we're shooting yes. for the next week so watch for some early podcasts we're doing a, a few podcasts in advance mm-hmm. and uh, those will be running while we're out shooting there will be much shooting over I a week think, i think this film we're not gonna we'll we'll, we'll reveal Next week's podcast, photos we'll talk about what we're doing. And you'll be seeing the yeah. photos to know what the topic is. Yeah. But it seems like we have the better part of a dozen cars being featured in this film. It's going to be cool. Which is going to be bigger than any film we've done. But it is very much, it's one of those generational things like we did with the 911 and with the BMW uh, M3. So it's in that lineup. But my Lord, there are many, many cars. Yeah, just wrangling the cars. These are special cars. All right. It's going to be very cool. Very interesting. So we've also got the meetup coming in Utah. That's October, the first weekend of October. I th- wow! I think I think it might be full. <laughs> Is it full I don't up? Think, I don't think you've seen the recent numbers. No, I haven't. My my wife showed me the recent numbers. Oh, you're I kidding went. me! Um, that's a lot of people. I mean, it's don't get like me wrong. We're taking I'm, over I'm a excited. restaurant. Yeah. Are we I'm, really? I'm excited, but at the I'm same time, and, but here's the thing: it's an a la carte trip, so not everybody is coming to every event, which meters it out a bit. But it's a lot of people. If you don't have a track car, you can bring your mountain bike on. No, wait, no, no don't you do can't. that. Don't do that. Also, if you have, if you bring your mountain bike and your mountain bike uh, rack, you're going to have to do something with it to get on the track. Probably also during the road tour because I don't think yeah. you're going to want that slinging around. Yeah, exactly. Maybe leave it at the hotel or something, something. like that. Put it in your room, lock we'll it up because yeah, yeah, they're not. That will not pass the tech inspection. I'm just letting you know right now, sir. What you have a mountain this? bike on the back of your car. Are they going to ask if your seatbelt might cause a fire? Does, well, is that part of the tech only, inspection now? Only if you're tracking your F-150. Mm, That'll yeah. be the key thing, yeah. I mean, that does happen quite a bit, so we'll Certainly, have to be yeah. careful about that. And your Mini is uh, being raffled still for another few days, almost a couple of weeks. Uh, we're we, to the we've, end, got about, we've got about 10 days more okay. of right. possibility when we're recording this podcast. Just to give you an actual frame of reference on the dates, depending on – doesn't matter when you're listening to this. September 16th is the end of the raffle. We will draw it on Monday the 17th, just so you know. That's how we're doing all of it. Mm-hmm. So it is yeah. no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited all of the fun you legal jargon that. I don't really love saying it but it is a legal requirement so anyway those things are out there but thank you to all of you that are part of this raffle it's interesting because it's definitely a big enough it's going to someone but at the same time there's not a huge number of actual people 
in. A lot of people have bought lots of tickets, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really cool. And yeah, thank you guys cool. for the support. And I'm excited about the fact that Spot's going to go to a new home, and it's one of you <laughs> listening right now. That's really – that's why we're doing this. It's so cool. That is cool. I'm glad that it's passing our litmus test here because sure. this was a test. Totally, is this going to work? Totally. Are people going to buy the, tickets? You know, what's the price? How do you gauge how it? Do we, how do we all that stay stuff. on top of it? All yeah. of this stuff is new for us. It's, so it's, it's, it's been working. a real learning experience. It's coming together. Sure. Yeah. All right. We've got to jump to a debate here. Like I said, this is interesting because uh, we're looking into the crystal ball, as Sid says here. He's in the Washington, D.C. area. And he and his wife do not have animals or kids in their lives at this point. <laughs> he is a civil engineer, and he works in the heavy civil construction industry in mm-hmm. the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And he has a wife who is currently dealing with his car disease, as do all of the patient wives. And a shout-out to all of them who yes. deal with... Yes. And if it's husbands, too, there might be uh, a lot of Happens you know, females sometimes. out there, Absolutely. women out there with... Uh, you know, the car disease as well, and mm-hmm. husbands hopefully joining them, but we definitely understand. Well, but what's happening with Sid and his wife is what happens with a lot of spouses that aren't into cars. After a while, they become a little bit into cars, a little bit. Yeah, they appreciate it a little bit they, more. They, now, now it, Aspects of the disease. Is like, this is like yes. what's happened with my wife. She's, she, I mean, she loves driving the Lotus. She's gotten into cars a lot more than she did before we are doing the show. But at the sure. same time, uh, her, her capacity has a limit. <laughs> There's that time when you just kind of, you kind of hear the little, little little ding go off, and she's like, "You know what? I'm full. I'm done. No more cars. <laughs> we got to stop." By the way, I I want to say this, and that is the requirement that she has put when I come over for dinner at your house, or mm-hmm. we're all mm-hmm. hanging out. Yeah, yeah, I just I wanted you all to know this little inside thing, and that is, <laughs> Todd's wife has put a moratorium on our conversation about cars when we're all together at dinner, and she says yeah. at least fifty percent of the conversation cannot be about cars yeah. or the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to pick another subject, and so mm-hmm. we do. And inevitably, the conversation ebbs and flows. Yeah. But I love that she's put a mandate yeah. on the conversation. Yeah, especially when I don't we, know how to gauge 50%. But, well, especially when we all sit down for dinner. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of like, okay. Because his wife we, will make dinner. What are we talking have about? Me over and what are we talking say. about that's not cars? You know? <laughs> and there's plenty. There's totally. films. There's design. There's exactly. all and, kinds of stuff. Well, and just what's going on. And we've known each other forever. So yeah, life yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Plus my son, obviously, he could go round and round about cars, too. So she's just kind of yeah. like, you know what? I have too many men here that want to talk about cars. What else are we talking about? <laughs> and more power to her. I do mandate, love it. Yeah. Which I love that yeah. she has. And it keeps us, you know what? She's right. We talk about it plenty. Here we are yes. talking about it again. Yes, with you guys, and thank you for listening. Uh, so Sid, Back to Sid. Yeah, Sid is, is looking for a, a change-up to his car. He currently has a 2016 WRX Premium with yeah. three pedals by his description. This is his commute car, ladies and gentlemen, in the D.C. area, which is not known for, hey, fast running, no traffic. And yet he's driving a manual transmission, so I applaud you. Uh, he puts a lot of miles on his cars, though, which is a big problem. Yeah, he does. He said he's got a 60-mile daily drive that is mostly capital beltway and occasionally back roads. I still love the fact that we drive on the parkway and park in the driveway. Agreed. Yes. I, I sure still marvel happened. at this whole, how did that all come about? Because the English language is weird. I know. That's really what it is. I mean, we, <laughs> we keep having this conversation with my son about, no, no, that doesn't work that way. He's like, well, why does it? It's like, I, I don't know why, I, but that doesn't work that way. It makes all kinds of sense coming out of your mouth, but I that's just <laughs> how it is. It's not happening that way. <laughs> So he does back roads. He drives on back roads near his house for the last four to five miles of his trip, and it makes his day. But some days, due to meetings that he's got around town, it might go up to 100 miles a day. Yeah. So yeah, clearly, yeah. he's putting a lot of miles on. As you said, he's got this WRX Premium, three pedals, 2016. And when he was in the market for a new car with his budget of 30 35 he studied and did his homework. And <laughs> this was on his list, the WRX. 
WRX STI was on his list. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. And he came to the Focus ST. At the time, the RS was delayed, and he couldn't mm-hmm. test drive it. And yeah. now it's going out of production. So he's yeah. thinking, ah, do do? you know, one yeah. of my dream cars mm-hmm. that made my list, do I go after it? Do I find one? Yeah. And I'm sure at this point, as of this recording, you still can. But yeah. yes, they're out of production. And good news, everybody. They'll be used from here on out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's actually a good thing. And then the GTI made the list, and the Mustang GT, the 5.0, mm-hmm. made his list as well. So yep. those four cars, he ended up with the WRX because of the early boost, which I just liken it to light switchy turbo boosty. But but they have the, the that's the engine out of the the 86 platform it is. with the turbo, the turbo that they can't fit in the 86 platform. For apparently. some reason, there's no underhood space. Yeah, under it's, there. it's weird. They so yeah, so there, there's that. So but but that engine actually has boost earlier and a big you know torque curve that looks more like a Utah plateau. It's not really a curve mm-hmm. at all. It's just like here's your table of torque mm-hmm. so yeah. that exists and it actually comes on earlier and is a little bit more modern efficient engine than that dinosaur of an engine that's in the sti it's still a fun engine it's so cool. he was like i'm gonna go yeah. with a little more a uh, little more efficient and better uh better newer engine and that has helped him on the commute world but he still kind of lost after that sti it's funny because he used to have a 2013 mini cooper s but his wife was saying you know what it's too small two doors no and so now he's got the wrx and he's looking mm-hmm. around now, he's, I get it, Sid. He's saying, I normally try to park far away from others. So you, mm-hmm. you look for Paul parking. You drive you around do. looking yes. for yes. that one space in the parking garage that's between the two support columns. Yes. It's between the posts, yes. and it's just a one-car slot. <laughs> this is my parking. Yes, that is, that, you, that. you rock that for sure. And you'll have everybody else get out yeah. so that you can have just the door. It, it works. I, I, I Look, I get it. I see it. <laughs> I try to couch that in the, hey, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys out as a, hey, I'm doing your favor, <laughs> when I'm really thinking, go ahead and get out so you don't ding my door exactly. when I pull into this tight exactly parking space. Right, for sure. Everybody thinks, man, what a nice guy. You're letting us out. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what happened. Huh? <laughs> I know some of you have done this. It's not just me. Anyway, so what he's looking for is four doors. Mm-hmm. Four doors are more essential than trunk capacity. Yes. That's what he called out here. And he's got to have a manual. That's Even though it's painful, he said, to sit and th- stop and go traffic on the belt park whatever it is yes. the driveway whatever he drives park, on yeah yeah trying to drive on the parkway while actually parked I, I i'm with you yeah it's very yeah and then when you're in traffic and parked on the beltway I, let's 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 just i'm confused out of that. yeah all right and that he wants a great warranty 40 to sixty thousand mile manufactured warranty mm-hmm. because he puts a lot of miles on and he doesn't want to have you know a lot of maintenance and sure, mechanic sure. time the maintenance is going to be up there oil changes that mm-hmm. kind of thing for sure but you keep on top of that. He just wants reliability is what I'm hearing, Yeah, yeah which yeah. is great. And, man, you, you put in uh, the list of cars that you've owned, including a Renault 5, the mm-hmm. <clears throat> 1985 style. Yes. 1.3 liter four-cylinder. Described as 62 French horsepower. <laughs> what's, what's the difference between the, French horsepower and German and American it horsepower? randomly gives up. I don't know. It, it, uh, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Isn't wow. That, isn't that the history jokes, though? <laughs> yes. Look, I yes. know that was terrible, and I'm bound to get a letter. There's plenty of America jokes I could go with. It's That's just, true. You know, anyway, we make fun yeah. of ourselves, too. Uh, Jeep Wrangler, you've got a couple of BMWs on here, so you've had experience mm-hmm. with the BMW ownership. But then he comes to the fact that they don't make the RS after 2018. Yeah. And then he's looking ahead, and we have dealt with this. Uh, it's not a problem, but it's sort of the holding back, waiting for the new models. Agreed. And he calls Agreed. out the Golf and the WRX. These models yeah. are coming in 2021. Yeah, what about Should the new I one of that? I, sure. We don't know. what. The, clearly, Ford, don't wait around for Ford because they might announce, hey, we're going to stop selling cars in the United States. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, they did. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then we just don't know what manufacturers are going to do based on emissions, based on all kinds of stuff. So it's hard to project. It's hard to say, you know what, go ahead and wait for that model. And then we get there three years from now and totally. you play this podcast back to me and think, huh, yeah, had a whole wrong. Could have had a whole other car between when yeah. I'm shopping now and when the thing I want comes out. That's yeah. the other big problem I feel like for me. Plus, Sid even called out the fact that he doesn't like to, and I get this, I, I have the same rule. I for me, it's it's a loose rule, but I get it. He kind of doesn't want to buy the first year of a new generation. So these cars that you're Fair. talking about being two or three years out are now a whole other year out for your consideration. So Although I'm very now much, the E46 first year is in high demand because of that pink color. Both sure. Pink Everybody's going, yes, get the first year. Sure, but people now know what they're in for as far well, as maintenance, which yeah, is the reason that you true. avoid the newer ones. But that's the thing. <laughs> Subframe cracking. Wait. Yeah, no. exactly. Here's what it's going to cost you for your gorgeous E46. <laughs> right, right. Here's your bill. But but here's the thing is that, that I almost always feel like when somebody's shopping for a car that they think will come out here at this point eventually when get something you like right now and then when that car's like actually out at your current dealer and you can just go buy one, You've probably had your car, whatever you bought right now, for at least two years. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sid is saying, do I stay the course? My budget is 40K for Todd and 37 for me. Why did he give you more money? <laughs> he's, he's buffering. He's heard the podcast before. That's what's happened. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that's it because, it, yeah, he's going to need it after I'm done with this. But uh, I I'm actually i am proud of myself. I, I actually kind of, I think, nailed it. Do you really? I'm, Great. I'm Love really it. excited, Sid. Okay, I good. cannot wait to share this with you this uh, this recommendation keep in mind four doors manual transmission right mm-hmm. keep that in mind or does he go reckless while does he go and buy a 2018 focus rs does he go and buy that sti that he's always wanted mm-hmm. should he stay calm and conservative and just wait out what he's got with the with the wrx stay and just calm say, and conservative with cars have you listened to this podcast wrong podcast yeah for sure all right so he's saying do i look ahead to summer 2019 and if you're listening to this after summer 2019 well then we'll see what's said bought. <laughs> what what cars are actually out at that point yeah. yeah and of course the list that he's you know given us so this is the newly revised list now that he's shopping, RS, mm-hmm. well, he said it's old. Well, no, the RS is not old. It's going to be old in 10 years. Yeah. But yeah. he's saying used for 2019. Should I go to Golf R, a Civic Type R? I do challenge you, Sid, to drive the car before you make snap judgments on the Civic Type R. Because yeah. you're going to look back after you drive it and go, wow, now I like it. What, that, and, a- and it's timely because, Sid, Saturday morning, tomorrow mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. For sure. That and video comes out. His, his big problem with the Civic Type R is a lot of people's problems, and that is, why does that look that way? <laughs> I mean, that's really he, – he's, he's asking that question. He's not even going – I think it's ugly. He's really going, explain to me the why. I need to dial you know? up Honda and ask them. So anyway, so he's, he's just saying, why, why can't this look better? <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I, do have to say, I, yeah. I do have to say to you, it is in that world kind of like the Panamera. Where, Saws all on a crowbar and fix it yourself? No, no, no. no. Oh. I mean, if you're you, probably. I don't have that <laughs> skill. I'd just make it worse. But but when you're driving it, you suddenly go, yeah, I'm not as concerned anymore with what it looks like. Right. This drives right. really well. And you're going to you look know? back and you think, could I swallow the looks? Could I do it? It drives yeah. really well. And yeah. then you'll have to gauge from there. Yeah, for sure. So open mind on that. You may still hate it, but no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, certified Paul-owned, pre-owned <clears throat> BMW F30 340i yeah. or the GLA 45. Or what? Yeah. What else is on the list here? Now, to call this out before we debate the car here, he says, if my drive to work was under 10 miles, I'd increase my budget to an easy 60K. Mm -hmm. That's almost double the budget that you gave me, Sid. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
And I thought, all right, we can work with that because if they stay under 60, then we're good, right? Yeah, never. Okay, Sid, uh, Sid, I'm just going to – look, look, lean, lean in close. I'm going to tell you a secret. Never mention any figure higher than your, your figure you gave as a limiter. Just Like you can't even say I own 60,000 ties. You just can't – you can't give yeah. a number higher than the number you gave because that's the number we'll latch on to and then you have a problem. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then he also says if he was making three times more money, well – Shoot, if we were making three times more money, All yeah. of our garages would be different. Yeah, no yes, kidding. Completely. He says M3 competition package, 991 or 991.2, or a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. So that's his uh, current dream garage, which is very cool. Yeah, very cool. different cars. Cool, yeah. So that brings me to the debate, mm-hmm. brings us to the debate, mm-hmm. and uh, this car that I... I kind of thought, well, I wonder if that could work. And then it worked more and more. The, the deeper I dug, really? the better okay. this car worked. Okay. And I'm going to sell it to you, Sid. I have two that I like. I have a couple like serious questions for you, Sid. Based on everything you've told us, I have a couple of serious questions for you. One recommendation and one question. That The question will lead to my wild card later. Hmm. But I have two cars I want to recommend to you directly. Right. But my, my first comment to you is, obviously, we like to, to recommend people shop used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extended warranties are your friend. That's the the big thing here. You could get a manufacturer one. You can get there's two or three companies that are actually really well reviewed that will give it an aftermarket extended warranty. So I don't want you to worry as much about. I mean, most cars now, most are going to run between forty and sixty thousand miles manufacturer warranty. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I I would submit to you don't necessarily shy away from a car that's let's say halfway through that warranty. Just because it's halfway through, you can get yourself an extended warranty. Most cars, most below a hundred thousand miles, are going to be mostly problem free. They're gonna, not going to be maintenance free. <laughs> Thank you. That for is the difference. Yes. Okay. Yes. You take your your Porsches of the world, typically fairly reliable, but every forty thousand miles, you have a major service that you need to do. Okay. Right. Right. But but that's you know. That's just the life of the car. And if you do the actual maintenance, they keep running. And so extended warranties can be your friend there. That's the first thing. I want to really support you on the Focus RS because Mm. they're going to keep making STIs. They've made a ton. As we've all joked, they've all kind of been the same for the last decade. They're going to keep making more. (laughs) Maybe they'll revolutionize it. Maybe they won't. But the STI is going – that's a car that if you really want one down the line, especially if they do an engine upgrade or whatever, you could still get one. But since Subaru's most expensive car too, <laughs> hey, you can get that that what is it blue edition fifty thousand dollar really yeah. expensive guy. I saw one here the other day and was just like, if I didn't know what that was, I'd have no idea. You spent fifty grand on an STI. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know what the badge meant. Anyway, exactly. so there's that. But so those that that could still be in your future, maybe if you see what happens to that car. I don't think that car is a worth waiting on because you just don't know. And mm-hmm. we know the concept mm-hmm. will look great and the car won't. Anyway, so don't, well. don't think it's worth waiting on. But it also <laughs> will come out at some point. But the RS is a moment-in-time car, just like the current Shelby GT350 is a moment-in-time car, especially with Ford saying they're not going to sell cars here. I say embrace getting an RS hmm. because hmm. I also think okay. that – I also wonder if the RS, especially if they don't keep selling any new, new cars in the U.S., if the RS is going to be Ford's BMW 1M. You think so? I don't know. I wonder. Because the 1M was loved by enthusiasts and kind of looked at as, really, by everybody else. And now – And then you go two or three years out, and they have gone back up again because 
everybody realized, no, 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 that was a special moment. Almost every car. In that car company. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder if the, if the Focus RS here in the U.S. is going to do that. I, I don't think it's going to do it as well, but I wonder mm-hmm. if those prices are going to stay. They've come down, but I wonder if they're just going to hover a bit. You know, hmm. so I say Possibly. the RS is is one I want to recommend to you. One that I think would be great for you, though. I thought about manual transmission, four doors. I thought about your BMW history, how you're going to use this car, all of these kind of things. What about you said a three series? I'm going to say no. Hmm. I'm going to say four series Grand Coupe. Ooh, get the four thirty. Oh, so it's I mean it's plenty of power. We drove that car oh, yeah. in our second episode. Oh, yeah. the, the Kia Stinger, plenty of power. Get that in a manual. It's a great looking coupe. It handles pretty well. It looks like a coupe, but you still maintained your four doors. I think you might be the buyer for that four thirty. Like Grand it. Coupe. Like it. And the seatbelts don't catch on fire. As That's far true. As we know. Because it's not a Ford F one fifty. That's really helpful. I have a wild card, but I want to know where you are before I come back to that. All right. I'm wondering if you chose this as well. Four okay. doors. Remember the four doors? Yeah, I remember that part. And the man the transmission yes. part. And power and maintenance. Yes. Scared of the German thing and the maintenance. But he's owned of plenty of German cars. But he's yeah. done there. Yeah, yeah. Been that, done there. Been, been that. Been, been there. That and done there. Yes. Yeah, my Perfect. brain is going really, faster than my I mouth. really like that. That's excellent. <laughs> been that, done there. I, I, I might make that work. That'll be in the new Wrangler ad. We're going to just embrace it. We're going <laughs> to lean into that one. It's going to be proclivity and been that done there on this podcast. People are going to be drinking themselves uh, into a stupor. Anyway, yeah. My brain is going way too fast. All right, here it is. It is starting in 2015, okay. the Cadillac ATS-V sedan Ooh. with Ooh. a manual transmission. It's got a lot of horsepower, 464 yeah, yeah. horsepower, twin turbo V6. Yeah. It comes with this brilliant thing called magnetic ride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a GM car. It's going to run. It's going to work. Manual transmission. They still sell them. They are on sale right now yeah, yeah, yeah. with manual transmissions. And you can go back. As a matter of fact, Sid, I found you one. Uh-oh. It's a 2016. It's in Dearborn, Michigan for $38,000 hmm. with 37,000 miles on it. Manual transmission in black. As a matter of fact, this owner traded for the car. It's got a tune via hmm. HP tuners hmm. sitting about 500 to 530 wheel horsepower right now. Otherwise, everything is completely stock. It's stealth. It looks great. Yeah. Manual transmission. And I will tiny, just a tiny mention of the Q system in the dash. It's not, we make a thing out of that Q system. We do. It's not an iPad. It's not an iPhone. No. It doesn't no, no. work as well as your Samsung or your anything yeah, like it that. It doesn't. It doesn't. But is it terrible? Is it going to prevent me from buying and enjoying this brilliant car? No. No, it's not. Well, and and here's the thing about the ATS. And and the sad thing about the ATS, that's a fantastic one, by the way, Paul. I really like that for this. Sid, embrace the Cadillac. The the fantastic thing about that car that is also sad on the part of Cadillac is nobody, I think, looks at that car and realizes how really great it is to drive. It's brilliant. It's really superb to drive. It is. We've done back roads. We've done commuting. We've done track. The ATS is just good to drive, period. It might not be your styling choice. You're a guy that you're not sure about the Civic Type R. How do you feel about the Cadillac? But even in, but in black, with a little bit of V extras, I oh. can see that. I mean, if you're worried about somebody who's tuned the car, I found another 2016. There's a lot of them. Mostly they're coupes, but mm. you can find the sedan. I found a coupe for 45. Mm. Mm. It's got 1,100 miles on it. 
Good grief. 1,131 miles. For 45? It's, a, it's for an ATSV 45. coupe? It's an ATSV coupe. That's a nice find. Manual transmission. That's a nice find. These are coming down in price. You can find the sedans. They started doing this in 2015. Yeah, they yeah, sell yeah. them brand new. But in wow. that time range, find coupes and sedans, three pedals, magnetic ride. Mm-hmm. It's a GM car. So it's not the, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. about the maintenance? What about the reliability? It's a GM. It's going to yeah. run. It's going to be great. Yeah, interesting. And it's a Cadillac. It's going to be comfortable with that magnetic ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for great. getting around town for the long distance, and then you can just whoop, tighten it right you up. You dial it in for your five miles on the back road. Yeah, that's baby. A, that's a fantastic. See, this is the problem with the RS, because the RS, you have to decide you want to commute in that car. It is a stiff riding car. <laughs> yes, it is. And if you're me and you don't yes, mind that, that's fine. But it is a flat-out stiff riding car, whereas the magnetic ride, especially on those Cadillac products, GM products in general, but yeah. That's the business because oh, you can man. be super soft and, oh, look, the nasty potholes and I'm commuting and all that kind of stuff. And then you're right. You hit that back road and that car will get smaller and tackle a back road. I'm going to go out on a limb and say of any car that you and I have driven, mm-hmm. there's the most dramatic change in any of the setups that we've found with a car on magnetic ride control. The GM magnetic ride. I totally agree with that. A yes, car equipped with that, that yep. has the biggest difference yep. between the comfort and the sport setting. It is the most noticeable true. and is the most dramatic. It's. Tr- I mean, come on. It's true in everything from the Cadillac, Cadillacs we're talking about to the VET. Yeah. It's just it's fantastic. what do you want your personality to be right now? Are you are you sawing through miles on cruise control? Are you sitting in traffic or are you on a track yeah. or a back road? The car goes, Okay, oh we're doing this now. And it there's a noticeable change. You're absolutely right. I have a wild card. Okay. And the wild card comes to my question for Sid. All right. Sid, you're married, but no kids, no dogs. Doesn't sound like you're throwing a lot of stuff into the back seats. why, why are four doors a requirement? Hmm. And, and I'm generally it asking. It could be in business with uh, what he's doing. He might maybe, have clients, maybe, I'm guessing. But, but I feel like it also comes from your wife looking at the Mini Cooper and going, that's too small. Hmm. Sure. Which is, a, I, look, I, I like mine, but it is a small car. It's, but in your yeah. dream garage, you have a 991. And you also have a, a JL Rubicon, but you specifically <laughs> say the two-door, not the four-door in your dream garage. So yeah. I sit here and I go, why, why are we dealing with a four-door only restriction? Sure. Do you have to have four doors? Which leads me to my wild card because it is a two-door. Mm-hmm. But it speaks to your BMW love. It speaks to your desire to have a car that is a nice car that can commute, but is a great car for back roads, manual transmission. The other reason it's wild card is I actually broke your budget. But are you aware, Sid, mm. right now, between 45 and 50K, you have your choice of BMW M2s? Oh, don't say that. You have your choice. Like, which one would you like, sir? Oh, that's I'm five grand news. above your budget, and I'm two doors. But what do you really need, which is why I'm asking this question? And yeah. that's why I'm in wildcard territory, but I'm putting it out there. But if you scroll back up, he said, if my commute were less, my budget's 60. And so that's under the $60,000 budget. <laughs> okay. So technically. You've, you've given me permission. I see that. But I'm even, but honestly, with your current commute, because we've talked about this before, the M2 is one of those fantastic cars that is just another random BMW, unless you're an enthusiast. And the enthusiast goes, look, there's an M2 over there. Yeah. Everybody you know? knows what that car but is. But everybody else, is just, it's just a BMW. Look at them hips. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. There's oh, a black man. one here that I see now and then, and it always turns my head. It's Ooh, great. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Sid. Got some driving to do, my friend. Thank you for writing. If you've got your own debate, please write to us with your story, a little bit about uh, you, your wife, your family, whoever you are. 
And uh, what is the major thing in your life about wanting a new car? So write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can go to the website where you can find yeah. all the information about the show, when there's going to be episodes dropping on Amazon. Like I said, I think everything's, we were talking about this, everything's up there so far. But all the Vimeo is up and the Amazon stuff is, is, is processing. Let's put process, it that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks to the Amazon mystery there. Yes, yes. But it's coming. And, uh, yeah, on the contact button right there up at the top right under the About tab, Mm -hmm. push the contact button, and you can reach us there with your own debate. Thanks for writing in, Sid. We will be right back after this. If you love cars as much as we do, you've also got to listen to Spike's Car Radio. Spike has a lot of great guests. He's a writer, comedian, automotive enthusiast. Every Wednesday on Podcast One, Spike's Car Radio has a different guest. Matt Fair has been on his podcast when they hung out at Malibu Kitchen. Jerry O'Connell, Wade Eastwood, and Jerry Seinfeld, and even Dick Van Dyke has been on the show, too, and they're talking about cars. Spike's Car Radio is a humorous roundtable discussion about latest car news and updates of new and used cars. They talk about Porsches a lot, watches, all kinds of things. Download Spike Show each week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. While you're there, rate that show and rate this one. Our sponsor, Wrangler, has given us slightly different copy for our ad, so we realize there's only one way to handle this. We have to bring back the voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans, the pair that fits perfectly and always looks great, the pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to, and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. That was proper. Yeah. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified french fries, or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes or bizarre trinkets. You know, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. They're actually original equipment on tens of millions of vehicles. We're talking FCA, Ford, GM, even BMW and Volkswagen use Continental belts. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V-belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. They have belts for almost 98% of vehicles on the road today in the U.S. and Canada. There's enough surprises when you're working on a car. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. GEICO presents Unhelpful Home Improvement How-Tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. 
And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Ben writes to us from Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. with a commute of 15 to 20 minutes. It's a mix of back roads and city. Yeah. He's uh, got a driving habit of 20 to 24,000 miles a year. So I'd say you're above average, Ben. This is, this is people in the Virginia area doing lots of miles. This is the theme of this podcast for sure, yeah. <laughs> he drives on pavement. He says, my driveway's flat. It snows two to three times a year. I want something that's comfortable for long-distance cruising, playful character, mm-hmm. mention the natural feeling, steering before, and rear-wheel drive dynamics. Yep. Again. Like it. That's a great list, by the way. It it's a really very, is. It's a very specific great it's, list. It's ben. well Thank curated. You. Thank you. No kids, no pets, no wife, no limitations other than... <laughs> Cater them, and we're done. Thanks for writing, Ben. Cater them. Perfect. Cater them. You need a BAC mono. Could you, you? Wait, that's a little bit beyond your budget, but boy, it would be that's fun. Out, but wouldn't that work? Yes, it would. But BACs can't fit golf clubs. Well, it could fit one club. You could tape it to the side of the rail. Of you're, the, do, you're doing your collapsible club thing again, aren't you? Or maybe like an aerial atom where you can just like clip a club to the side of the rail as part I, of the... I come back to, can't you get clubs stored at the, at the place you play? <laughs> isn't this a thing? Exactly. I'm not a golfer, clearly. But couldn't you get... Can't, isn't there storage? And a, somebody with a delivery service. Can I Uber my clubs ahead of me to Something? the place? I'm just Ubering just for my golf clubs. Send them on ahead. <laughs> Just take that. I'm taking this. Meet you there. That's funny. All right. So it's got to fit these golf clubs and an overnight bag at the same time. Yes. Okay. $20,000 budget. Mm -hmm. And he's open to the manual or the fun auto. Fun, I'm guessing that's a DCT or Probably a dual clutch. It's something that that is really responsive. Yeah. Now, he's uh, got this problem of having a Mercedes C250 coupe. Yes, he has that. It's defined as the problem you have a mercedes and this is a problem (laughs) you see where i'm going with this yes 2012 mercedes c250 coupe for seven months twelve thousand miles he loves it he's had it for yeah not not all that long yeah but he's he's worried about the fact we're approaching eighty thousand miles and he's going he he's just he has this growing cancer in the back of his brain that is creeping thing yeah what's gonna happen what's gonna break and what's it gonna cost me And, and what happened unfortunately is ben had a flat Mm-hmm. And it cost him yeah. about 250 bucks for one flat tire. And he yeah. went, yeah. what have I gotten myself into? I laughed out loud when he said, I occasionally just wake up in a cold sweat thinking about our future repair bill that doesn't <laughs> exist yet. <laughs> I'm really sorry. We've got to solve that. Of problem. all the things to cause insomnia, man, yeah, I'm sure. sorry that it's sure. a, a repair bill that doesn't exist on your car. That's too bad. That's not good. So let's get you out of the murk. It's great. I'm glad you like it. And you said, I love it for the highway driving. I love it for the comfortability of it. The 30 plus miles to the gallon. It's Mm -hmm. solid, quiet. He can drive for 10 hours and be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercedes are great at that. It's a road trip car, for sure. He loves the low end torque and he loves the grip from those really expensive rear tires. Yes. But this cold sweat, you know, your bed's awash in sweat in the morning when you're All bad. thinking about your repair bills, and the transmission is the opposite of fun. Mm, yeah. So, he's ruled out for replacement Miatas. Mm-hmm. He's had two of them already. He said, I'm kind of done with them. They're a bit loud for lots of highway driving. Doesn't want a hot hatch. No Fiesta STs or GTIs. Mm-hmm. He likes the longer wheelbase of this Mercedes. I mean, that's where the road trip feel comes For in. For sure, absolutely. Just smooths yeah. everything out, and he wants the comfortability there. Doesn't like BMW interiors other than an E46, so 
all of them are out. Yes, BMW is a brand removed. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem for yep. me. Okay, but I'm I'm gonna propose something. <clears throat> nevertheless, okay. So we'll get there. Okay. So he's looking for something low in torque, comfortable, relatively quiet, mm-hmm. still fun, back road commuting, manual or DCT. Yep. And he doesn't want to go over twenty grand unless somebody's selling their Chevy SS for about twenty three thousand dollars, and then he might consider it. Yeah, right to the show. We'll connect you with Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so the big headline here is he doesn't keep cars very long, so the reliability isn't the priority, but the cost of ownership is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to keep in mind as we're shopping. Yeah, here. interesting. I have three on my list here. Okay. And uh, and I I. The first one, they might seem like usual suspects. The first one probably will seem like usual suspect. But I think, if nothing else, it's a benchmark car. You talk about that before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go drive a car to have a reference. And it comes from the fact that Ben's owned Miatas. And they don't really work for this need. But he likes them. He's like, I liked having them. They're just not right for this need. I'm going to say it. You need to go drive the 86 platform. No, you don't get the low-end torque you're asking for. It's not there. It doesn't happen. Hmm. But... Hmm. It checks, it, it checks about every other box. It isn't of overly nice interior. I will also grant you that. Road trips can get tiring, but it gets good gas mileage. It has a fantastic manual transmission. It's much more spacious than you realize. All the, the usability you don't have in the Miata is in the 86. So I think go go with what you liked about a Miata and go drive an 86 and just go, what do I think? I don't know that it's your answer, honestly, but I really feel like that's an experience you need to walk away with so that you mm-hmm. understand, huh, that exists. Could that work for me? So that's why the 86 is on my list. It's not really a buy. Mm-hmm. It's like a homework car. Okay, good, good. I have two others. Okay. I really think, look, let's embrace the two-door, two-seat, this is surprisingly usable car, which is why the 86 is on this list. But I have two others there. One is you've got twenty grand. Go buy yourself a Cayman. Like that. Put the golf clubs in the passenger seat if you have to. I don't know how big the bag is, but who cares? It's just you. Your golf clubs and your overnight bag will absolutely fit in a Cayman. And you and I have driven like two-thirds of the country in a Cayman. Yeah, we have. And every time we've driven distance in that car, I get out and I'm just like, that's a fantastic road trip car. The Cayman S has places for a roof rack to attach. The Cayman GTS does not. Interesting point. Just keep that in mind. But but still, still, honestly, golf clubs in the passenger seat, overnight bag in the frunk, great. Done, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that works like crazy. And and here's the thing. Forget a Cayman S for a minute. Get a really nice, just base Cayman. You're just going to like that car. It's not a low-end torque powerhouse, but it's not a car you drive and just think, wow, this is slow. It just You just don't feel that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly. And right. the S is obviously better if you want more power, but it still has a really nice interior. The The downside here... The downside here is I think that car will be reliable, but if you hit a 40,000-mile service, it's going to be an expensive service. Yeah, and yeah. And tires are st- – I mean, you're worried about tires on your Mercedes. <clears throat> I haven't helped you there, honestly. <laughs> I was going to say. But, but uh, you could go both ways. It could be get, brilliant. Don't get the 20s. Get the 18s. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. this well, is part yeah. of the ways to save money. Yeah, 20s are expensive, by and the way. Then, yeah, for sure. And then they, or you buy a Lotus, which has 16s and 17s, and you avoid all of that. But there's, of course, no, shopping cart no, casters. Nobody makes tires for that anymore. That's the other well, problem. <laughs> but then I had this thought you have 20 grand. You want low end torque, manual transmission, good to drive, rear wheel drive, engaging, fits the golf clubs, fits the overnight bag. And I went, wait. Hmm. See how new and nice a Corvette you can get because it checks every single box. You can get 30 miles a gallon out of your Corvette. You can drive cross-country in your Corvette. 
All of these things are possible, and yet it still has the great steering feel, manual transmission. Can you believe I fit this much in the back hatch? It does all of this. Are you thinking C6? Uh, Can you get a C6 for see, that See, that's price? the thing. Or My would you thinking go C5? is you've got, you're probably C5, but you get a C5Z06 for twenty grand, and now you're on to something. That's pretty good. But but here's the thing. For twenty grand, my thinking is take your twenty grand and go shop Corvettes. What can you find? I think you're gonna surprise yourself. I think that you will find some C sixes out there. I know you can find not only a litany of C fives in general for under twenty, but C five Z O six is around twenty, which is a car. Mm. So I, I just I'm not even deciding on a generation. I'm just saying Corvette, it's probably C5 as or As much six. Corvette as you can much buy. Much Corvette as you can find that you like yeah. for twenty grand and go away happy. I like that a lot, actually. That's very different. I didn't see that coming. The Cayman, we could go either way. I love yep. the Caymans for a lot yep. of reasons, but I, I, if it's, I mean, it might but not be all there. But you're maintaining a vet, and there's your low-end torque, and your cross-country road trip Ooh. car, and it's, it's all of these things. It's all of these things. It really is. Wow. I really like that. Well done on that. That's... That gets me thinking. I <laughs> I listened to your long wheelbase suggestion. Mm, Corvette's up mm-hmm. there with that. Yeah, it helps. Way. It helps for sure. It is. And I heard your, I just, I want good highway driving. And I, I started in a place that you might not agree with. Okay. And it's, it's a place. It's just a starting place. Okay. <laughs> Let's discuss from here, shall we? <laughs> and that is a 2017 Mazda 6 Touring manual transmission, hmm. 19,000 miles for only 18.7. Wow, it's a lot of car for the money. It's a lot of car for the money, yeah. and honestly, they're more impressive than you would think. But am I <laughs> <laughs> sorry? Sorry that that just struck me as really funny. Let yeah, me let me let me my... blindfold you and back you into this room. You're gonna love it. I swear, it's gonna be great. No, really yeah. taste this. No, try it. Try it. No, you're gonna love it. <laughs> it's better than you think it is. Terrible. Right. So that, like I said, just a starting place. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help coming to the car that I think checks all your boxes. Okay. Even though it doesn't check one, and that is, you said no BMWs, unless it's an E46. Okay. So, fresh eyes, open mind. Okay. I was talking with Dale recently. Uh Dale's a friend of the show, a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. He's the instigator of the Lemons race, and he he will be planning and, or actually driving his car. I posted that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. For the upcoming 2018 race that will be as part of season four. So I got to talking with him, and he said, by the way, did you notice that BMW M235i's have come down in price? Like, way down. Mm. And I thought, really? Like, I was still thinking in the 28 to 35 for a decent one. No, no. Ben, you can get a 2015 M235i manual with almost 20,000 miles, so pretty brand new, mm-hmm. for 22.9. That's a find. Twenty-two nine. That's a lot of car for the money. That's a really good car they for the money. They might take twenty-one seven fifty, twenty-one eight, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of car for the money. The yeah. reason I suggest that is because you love the E forty-six. Hmm. I look at the M two thirty-five I as the closest in size as a modern E forty-six BMW. It's the closest modern equivalent. I Imagine take that the point. instrument panel I take as. That point. Kind of a modernized, just take it fresh eyes. Personally, I think BMW's interiors haven't been pushed far enough. But for you, that might be a very good thing. Mm, interesting. Because it is still close in layout, but you know, still angled a little bit towards you. Yeah, I could yeah, yeah. see with the E90, E92 series that, okay, the interior is a little bit too far out there for me, fine. 
But look at the M235i mm-hmm. as the modernized, look at the IP, look at the styling, look at the, the proportions mm-hmm. and the shape of the car, and, and think E46 sort of merged over the top. Just visualize it kind of, you I know. I see where you're going. Put I right over the going. top. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you think, is mm-hmm. this a modern E46? Quite possibly. For 22.9, compelling. Yeah. With only yeah. under 20,000 miles, you've got to take a look at this car. That's interesting. I see that, yeah. Wow, I'm shocked. It's a, it's at a this. big branch out moment for him, but but I, it but is. I see it for sure. For but sure. wow. And okay. you said it only snows two to three times a year, winter tires. It's got the rear wheel drive dynamics. It's got yeah, great handling. Sure. No. It's just, we've driven them endlessly on the ring. We've driven them so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They're yeah, so yeah. great. Yeah. They're and fun. we have beat on these cars. It's, it's amazing how much mileage our friends at RSR, hard mileage, they put those cars through on the ring on Spa, and they just keep running. I mean, obviously. They are cars that are put right back into mechanics when anything goes wrong. They are, But sure. at the same time, the big thing about RSR that's fascinating, I think their lineup is really interesting to look at the fleet of cars that they keep for years. Mm. That speaks to you about what doesn't cost them to maintain. It's a business. They, they'll, they'll, be get, profitable. they'll get a car in, and you'll, you'll realize it's gone in six months. Why? Because it just the customers pit. didn't like it, and it was a money pit, and yeah. it's gone. But the cars that hang out – are fascinating. And right now, they're just getting rid of the last gen of the Renault Megane, but right now they are doing kind of a test series with the Civic Type R to see if those are going to mm-hmm, hold up. Mm-hmm. They have a couple Focus RSs. They have a couple M2s, but they have this fleet of M235Is that are constantly getting miles. They're beat on yes. daily yes. on the ring, mm-hmm. on spa, on the road. <laughs> By many people that don't know what they're doing. Yeah, It's astounding. Yeah. These cars are gone through the ringer. It's much to my surprise. Much to my surprise. Yeah. Right yeah. So fresh eyes, just take a look at that again. I see you're pushing, I'm, but I like I'm it. I'm pushing like it. for it. Yeah, okay. Because I think it's an excellent car. And That's for that good. price, compelling. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Let's do some questions. Oh, the questions. Yeah, uh, let's, let's do, do a it. few of those. Uh, one came in via email. I will say this. There are some of you that have said, uh, I don't do social media. Can you answer my question? You send it via email. We get those too. So I want you to know that that's not out out of the realm of possibility. We're obviously looking specifically at social media for these questions, but every now and then we do see them on email, so thank you for that. Uh, Pepe wrote in and said, okay, how on earth do you find your optimal driving position? Mm. And then he tells the sad story. He has a a 2,000 Fiat Punto, Mm. um, Mm. and he can't make it work. And uh, he says, by the way, also the car has no AC, no ABS, and only 60 horsepower. So it's a gem. Hmm. It's a gem. Hmm. Okay? So, (laughs) Pepe, I'm going to say here's one thing about seating position. There are some cars that you're never going to get it right. Mm -hmm. It's too bad. I'll give you you a a close-to-my-heart personal example. I really like the Evo 10. I like it every time I drive it. I love the seats. I love the steering. I really don't like the fact that I can never get a seat that I'm loving in the position I quite like. Because mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the steering wheel doesn't do the telescope tilt thing like I want. And so that versus the pedals, I can't get exactly where I want to be. But the car, the driving experience is good enough that I get over it. Mm, and sure. the seat is sure. very supportive. So it's not uncomfortable. I'm just realizing ergonomically this isn't everything I want it to be versus something like an 86 that honestly, I know I bring up this car, but it really is in many ways such a success at what it tries to do. That car ergonomically is fantastic. 
I mean, really big guys fit in that car really well, and sure. really little people drive it and are like, this is awesome. So it's interesting. Some cars just do it better than others because that was higher on the list of things we need to get right. Hmm. Sure. And Toyota, in the case of the 86, there was a big discussion where they wanted low center of gravity and really good ergonomics, like excellent driving position. Sure. They nailed both of those. Argue about the lack of power. I will back your play. But they nailed the two things they set out to do. So do I think the Fiat Punto was designed around a great driving position? I kind of doubt it. <laughs> but <laughs> I will try to, I'll nice. try to answer your question beyond that, though. What you want to do, ideally, is you want to be able to sit comfortably, and sometimes that's the hard part, comfortably, where you can move everything you need to move, but you want to get your wrist you want to lay your wrist over the top of the steering wheel. Your the, the, your wrist should break at the top of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm, right. That's how far back you should be. Don't hopefully. look at that as a driving a proper driving position. No, no, no. your wrist your, your wrist that's, doesn't go there when you drive. This just is only differentiate how you that, please, because yeah. that's the yeah yeah yeah. And in fact, if you ever see behind the scenes of guys like I actually saw some footage once of, of Billy Johnson doing this, and when we were, when I met him at the Ford GT shoot, I, I watched him do this when he was driving that uh, 2005 GT drifting. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> there was drifting. The that, that yeah, that GT whole thing. After a lap? Yeah, one lap in somebody else's car, that owner riding right seat, and yeah. he's drifting it around the corner. He's yeah, the there man. was that. But here's the thing. But I watched him get in and buckle in and all this kind of stuff, and it was this subconscious thing. He had that one moment where he slid the seat forward. He laid his wrist across the steering wheel and slid his seat forward until he got that right. And then he kept going. It's a very common thing. If you ever watch drivers get ready and, they, and they're getting in a car that has a sliding seat, they will check that. Yeah. So if yeah. you can do that, see how the Punto does after that, probably still won't be great. I hate to say it. Your car just might not have good ergonomics. Mm. But that's the thing to try. Excellent. Well, there's a question here that I've got to get to from Josh O, who's in New York. And he wrote to us on the Gmail. And Josh, hello. Thank you for writing in. You have posed a very valid question here about Porsches. And I promised you that I would do it on the podcast next time we were back in the studio. Here we are. Yep. And he said, considering my Cayman GTS and his 997.1 GT3 RS are pretty similarly priced, did I consider getting one prior to buying my Cayman? Now, he said the GT3 arguably would hold the value better. It's a manual. It's a mm-hmm. GT3. But he wanted to ask my thoughts on why I did not get that car, hmm. why I didn't consider hmm. it. Well, first of all, thanks for the question. Awesome question. And you're right. The GT3, especially the RS that you've got. By the way, he shows pictures of it when he picked it up in Germany, took it to the ring. It's that orange, that brilliant orange color. So cool. GT3 RS in in the negative black stripes and the graphics down the side. Brilliant looking car. It is. It was a consideration. Don't get me wrong. It is. And I, I... will have a 911 in my life. I don't know what flavor, what year. I will have a 911. I know. This is going to, to happen. Yeah. But I guess I'm just not done with Caymans yet. Mm. Mm. I don't know that I'll ever be done with them. I still wasn't over it. And when I had my first Cayman, the 981 generation, the generation I have now, yeah, yeah, yeah. it came out. And I looked at those cars and I told myself, I will have that car. Mm-hmm. I will have I remember. one of those. I remember. I, it's one yeah. of those things where you just you know you're going to have that car in your life sooner rather than later. <laughs> and I said that to myself before I ever looked at a GT3 RS or a GT3 thinking they're sure, way sure, out of sure. my budget. And then, you know, yes, they are within the budget of a used yeah. GTS yeah, versus yeah, yeah. this uh, GT3. Well, I I came to the Cayman and I just, it, it was the right color. It was the right timing for me. 
And the mid-engine part of the car is so compelling. It is. It is. It's fantastic in that regard. It's it's just so compelling. Yeah. And consider this. The car that you have has an interior that's very close to the styling of the older generation Cayman that I had. Fair point. I Fair wanted point. something newer. Yeah. I wanted to keep yeah, yeah. pushing. This new generation of Cayman was out. It was you know, promising to be bigger, better. Everything that I wanted more out of the Cayman S that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just... I. I told myself I had to have that car. And then here was my opportunity, and I thought, you know what? The 911's still coming, but I'm not mm. done with Caymans yet. Interesting. Okay. Just not. And I don't have to ever reach that point. I can move on and yeah. either sell this yeah, yeah. or move on at some point. The other reason was you show it on track, and that G- GT3 pretty much is designed for the track. Yeah, you need, it needs you to, need live to on take track. it to the track, for sure. And for I sure. thought, well, if I have the Cayman, I I don't know how many track days I'm going to be really genuinely doing with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. When you and I are doing track days, we're generally in press cars or yeah, other yeah, kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We're either in Europe or we're somewhere else. And so I don't. I thought, well, I don't know how much track time I'll get out of it. Yeah. It's mainly more for road. And like I said, this mid-engine configuration is pretty powerful it's yeah. pretty compelling in a speak yeah. to your heart sort of way sure oh and and they've done they've done i was talking to our friend ty actually the other day because i took him for a ride in my lotus oh great and great. and he has a 997 and it's gorgeous but i was talking about the fact that the thing that cayman does is it takes all of the goodness of mid-engine and takes almost all of the bad gotcha stuff out of mid-engine whereas the lotus still has the gotcha yeah you push you push it wrong and do it stupid and it goes all right fine i'll spin i don't <laughs> mind that you know that point whereas, is way out there by the way it is out there it but, is out there but yes. but the cayman and the boxer do a really good job of taking all of the good of an engine and just kind of filing off all the stuff that's going to bite which is really impressive as well yeah no you're josh you're absolutely right there is a an argument we could debate back and forth we yeah those gt3 rs's are the absolutely are so compelling but one more thing to address your question about the the validity of which car will hold its value better yes you have the gt3 yes it's a manual mm-hmm. i have the last of the naturally aspirated caymans true flat true. six caymans. interesting question yeah. now that may change and porsche might just prove me wrong and come yeah. out with a 718 <laughs> flat six naturally aspirated just, cayman and just to say they did it just yeah. to you know they heard this podcast and haha yeah. just to spite paul we'll <laughs> offer this just because we don't want anybody to speculate we're going to create <laughs> right. that car exactly. but you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. yes the who knows is it going up in value i don't know mm-hmm. is it a thing who knows yeah we're that's not why this I is not car. why you and i shop for cars we get lucky when that happens yeah for sure uh Markarian, uh 5011 on instagram asked a question i loved <laughs> how much track experience do i need for lemons uh i'll tell you none zero, zero. oh look here's actually my Markarian, here's my question can you drive currently <laughs> Because that really is the bar of entry. It is. You have to have a valid driver's license. Now, I say that. I say that, all right? Uh, Lemons is, I think, very fun. I, the thing I really like about it, watch our Lemons piece from Season 2. We're doing another one for Season 4 in the, in the new Boxster, which I'm very excited about. New to us Boxster. Right, uh, right. But the thing about it is you see all ranges. That's what I love about Lemons. You, you have guys at Lemons that – drive at higher end classes they drive at higher end much more serious races and they come to limits for the fun of it and they can drive and then you have the mm-hmm. team next mm-hmm. to you that they're walking around like you know huge eyes like saucers the whole weekend like <laughs> i can't believe we're here what are we supposed to do how do we feel this car what do you wait do i break before where do i do mm-hmm. they'll be confused the entire weekend 
Okay. Those but people yet, you want to pass, hopefully. Yes. But but here's the thing. By the end of that weekend, they're very different drivers than they were the first couple laps. The, the learning curve, the, the three yeah. fire hoses of information Seriously. that are so, shot so at you. So honestly, you don't have to have racing experience at all. They do a really good job. You and I were newbies for that first race. Yeah. That newbies was the whole as far point as of that first episode. Totally. Is, totally. And they do a fantastic job of giving... Okay, here's we're going to give a briefing for everybody that's ever ever done limits before. But then, if you've never been at limits before, or you've never driven track before, here is your briefing, and they're great about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's it's fairly safe in that regard too. It's not like you're you're biting off something where it's just like you don't have a safety net. They do a really good job. So if you want to go drive lemons, drive lemons. I highly encourage it. Question on Instagram from Four Zilch. This is hilarious. This is this is great. Do you ever see skid marks on the pavement careening off into a ditch or off a cliff and wonder? How in the heck did they manage to do that? No, that isn't the question that I wonder. Okay. What I wonder is, huh, how did this happen? Understeer or oversteer? <laughs> <laughs> and then I walk back and I think, huh, let's see here. And maybe this one was oversteer right into the ditch. And then <laughs> you find a bent flat six license tag. As you did, yes. By a pole. It actually said flat six on the license tag that was ripped off the back of a car. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> clearly, yes. A 911. And uh, yeah, that was clearly oversteer. Yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> I do see those those marks. Where, where it freaks me out though is in the winter when you see Ooh, oh, you're yeah. driving along straight. You're driving along straight on the road. That yeah, okay, there's snow on the road, but we're driving along straight, and all of a sudden there's this tire tracks that spears off in one direction into a ditch. You need to see like bear tracks or moose tracks or something yeah, in in concert with that. This is the one that boggles me. I'm like. Okay, honestly, there was absolutely, as a driver, there was nothing to do or change or that was different. I'm tired. I'm going to pull over here. It's, that's, the one, that's the one I never understand is the random tracks that spear <laughs> off of a straight-ahead part of the road through the snow into a ditch. And the car's sitting there currently in the ditch with its hazards blinking and half-covered in snow. I'm like, I, what I happened there? You just ran out of gumption and talent. <laughs> ran, and ran out of will to drive in the winter. I'm just pulling off. I'm done. <laughs> just, I'm going to just crash right here. Oh, look, it's soft. Anyway, uh, Lansdale Ark wrote in on Twitter and said he bought a raffle ticket. He's excited to come get the mini. I, hey, look, I hope it happens for you. Yeah. You also said your dad just moved to Park City. Come to Park City anyway. Say hello. We'd love to see you. Yeah, no kidding. Question from uh, Color Cartel Okay, yeah. on Instagram. Do we keep OEM parts when you upgrade for the resale, or do you sell them to pay for the upgrades? It depends on the part, honestly. That's fair. If it's little bits and bobs around the car, I say keep them. Just put them in a box in your basement or your garage because you might think, you know what? I wish I hadn't pulled. Oh, I do still have it. I can Mm -hmm. put that part back on or whatever. If it's big stuff, if you're pulling seats, are you pulling wheels, things that do have value that could, you know. And where are you putting the stuff you pulled? Well, yeah. If it's big stuff like that, then I can definitely see that. But if it's little underhood trim pieces you put a let's say a cold air intake in sure and you took sure, out the sure. stock air box. The box hang on to that yeah those are really expensive when you want to convert back for yeah, any point. reason if fair you need point. to sell the car but yeah i mean you might get another one keep the the parts the aftermarket parts and then you'll be glad I you hung it, on to those i think you're right parts. i think it does come down to parts and what are the parts that you've pulled off and then yeah. i do think the secondary question is just you know what where am I going to store this? Is certainly a yeah. question as well. <laughs> Seats all over the house. I'll turn it into an office chair. <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> all right. Uh, I've got uh, another quick question here. Oh, great. Before we wrap things up, Garage Heroes in Training. 
Yeah. Love the handle on Instagram. Fantastic. Yes. Forgotten classic driver's cars that we should look for at reasonable everyday driver prices. Let's hmm. call it 25000 or less. Here we go. A quick list. Oh, wow. <clears> look <throat> at you. Got Porsche Bravo. 914, 20, 924, 944, and 928. The Nissan 300ZX. Yeah. Any Toyota MR2. The C4 and possibly C5 generation Corvettes. We are talking about that. Yeah, those are certainly in that price point for sure. 1994 Toyota Celica GT4, or as it was known in the U.S., the Alltrack. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. The Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's good too. the E36 M3. Fantastic list. Crazy, huh? I, I spent time working that's on this. That's a fantastic this. list. Well done. Guys, thank you so much for writing to us. We really do appreciate it. Keep the questions coming. We've got more to get to and watch for more postings here when we're podcasting early because we'll be shooting <clears throat> the feature film this year. Yes. Watch for Instagram photos. It's, uh, it's coming. It's going to be cool. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? <laughs> I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.